We're at the beginning of a series that'll last for a few weeks on lessons that our culture seems to have lost. We're going to be talking about things like respect, kindness, courage. And we begin with a message on character. The words that Nick is going to read for us are from Romans chapter 5. And in Romans chapter 4, just preceding this passage of scripture, the Apostle Paul is writing about the example of Abraham, who is a man that we look to as a model in our faith. And he wrote about how Abraham, against all hope, had hope in the future and had faith. So here are these words, looking for the example of hope. Good morning. The scripture for today is Romans 5, verses 1 through 8. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For, for while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Please join me in an attitude of prayer. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, who are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What does it mean to be a person of good character? You might hear it said that somebody is a character, but that's not quite the same thing as having character. It's not necessarily a compliment to be a character. To a certain extent, we know what having character is, what good character is, when we see it. To be a person of character is to be honest, compassionate, trustworthy, generous, humble, yet confident in who we are. To have character is to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you've got character, you've got a certain kind of inner strength, You've got a confidence to be who you are. Sounds like a pretty tall order when you stack up all these qualifications like that. That's part of why we're putting this into a sermon series to explore some of these themes more in depth over the coming weeks. But the truth is, character is one of those things that develops in us slowly over time. And we have the chance to shape our character or to allow God to shape our character every day with the way we react to things, the attitude that we bring to things. Sometimes the situations that most strongly shape or exhibit our character are not situations that we choose for ourselves to be in, but instead situations in which we find ourselves and we have to choose, well, how am I going to deal, how am I going to deal with this? When I was growing up, I read a comic strip called Kelvin and Hobbes by Bill Watterson. Anybody familiar with this comic strip? Any of you graduates know about Calvin and Hobbes? Okay, a few of you. Some of you may be parents. There's an opportunity for a gift here. It's a pretty timeless, pretty timeless book. 
For those of you who are not familiar, Calvin is a little kid. He's got a stuffed tiger named Hobbes, and he's always getting into trouble. He's always asking questions. And whenever I think of the word character, I think of Calvin and Hobbes, because this is an ongoing dialogue that Calvin has with his dad. It's an ongoing conversation. So in one example, it's wintertime, and Calvin is out shoveling the driveway, and he's yelling up to his dad who's standing in the door into the house, and he says, why can't we get a snowblower? We must be the only family that still, shuffle, that still shovels our driveway by hand. I'm freezing out here. And his dad says, it builds character. Keep at it. In another example, Calvin and his family are at the dinner table, and Calvin is looking at his supper on a plate, which looks like a disgusting blob on a plate, and Calvin says, what's this disgusting, slimy blob? And his dad says, try it. You might love it. And Calvin says, oh yeah, well, what if I don't love it? And his dad says, well, it'll build character. When they're on a camping trip, his dad says, bug bites build character. When they're playing sports, his dad says, to lose builds character. When Calvin asks why the house is so cold, his dad says, consuming less fuel is better for the environment and it saves money. And it builds character. Aristotle once said, we develop character from corresponding activities. I think that's what Bill Watterson is getting at here in the comic strip, too. There are certain things that we do, that we go through, that we deal with, that help us become the person that God is calling us to be, whether it's something small, like shoveling the walk when it's cold outside, enduring some bug bites, uh, taking part in sports and all the wins and losses that come with that. Now, on the one hand, we usually don't want to be miserable. We don't seek those opportunities out. There's typically no reason to go looking for bug bites or losses just for the sake of it. But on the other hand, our character is built in those tiny moments, how we respond to those moments. Character is evidenced by how we deal with what is uncomfortable in life, what's difficult. Paul spoke the same truth 2,000 years ago when he was writing to the church in Rome in his book of Romans. In the fifth chapter, he writes, we can even take pride in our problems. Some translations say we can boast in our suffering because we know that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not disappoint because God's love has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Paul's not suggesting here that God causes suffering. God doesn't want any of us to suffer. But Paul is writing that even our troubles, even our pain, even our suffering, even those worst moments in our lives are things that God can flip on their head and redeem. Even those worst moments are things that God can use to have something good come out of them. But part of it has to do with us and whether we'll allow God to shape and to mold our hearts. Part of it has to do with us and how we choose to handle things when things get ugly or difficult. Because Paul's logic here in Romans is a little bit faulty when we start looking at it in detail. Suffering does not automatically produce endurance. Endurance does not automatically produce character. Endurance can just as easily produce bitterness or fear or hatred, or closed-mindedness. These things only follow from one another when we allow ourselves to be molded by the experiences that we have, when we allow God to shape us, even 
through difficult times. In the midst of difficult times, Christians, we here as the church, we're people who hold each other up. We're people who encourage each other. We're people who say, yes, you can make it through. We want to be those type of people who speak truth, who stand up for what's right, who are people of character. And it's not an easy task in today's culture. It all comes back to this. People of character are people who proclaim hope in the midst of difficult times. To be a person of character is to claim hope, knowing that hope is stronger than suffering. I want to tell you a story about my grandma. This is my dad's mom. Her name's Barbara Crum. She turned 93 in February. She's in a wheelchair. She needs a lot of assistance to get from one place to another, uh, but she lives in an assisted living place where she's got her own apartment, and she is wise and smart and a person of deep character and deep faith. And recently she's been saying to many of us, both family and friends, she's been saying, I'm not quite sure why I'm still here. Because she's 93, she can't drive, she can't get out. But she says, I'm sure that God has something for me to do. She doesn't have the ability to go to church, to go see friends. She doesn't have the ability to volunteer or do any of the kinds of things she used to do when she was younger. But she's always on the lookout for what God might need her to do where she is. So if one of the workers in her assisted living is going through a difficult time, as one of them did earlier this year, she's on the lookout for that. She pays attention. She offers comfort, encouragement, a listening ear. She tells an encouraging story. When one of her neighbors down the hall at her assisted living was going through a difficult time, she went out of her way to try and listen to her, to sit with her, to comfort her. My grandmother is always on the lookout for places to do good, and she actually has a name to her theory. She calls it Brighten the Corner Where You Are, which is the name to a song, which is an entirely separate story altogether. But my grandma's theory is that no matter where you are, no matter what your ability level, whether you can walk or run or just sit in a wheelchair, there is something that God has for you to do. There is some good that God is calling you to. You can bring hope And cheer, cheer is one of her absolute favorite words, to anybody that you encounter. My grandma loves hope. My grandma loves cheer. But she's not a woman without suffering. She lost my grandfather a couple years ago, and that affects her deeply every day. She lost a child, my uncle, two decades ago. She carries that with her every day. She's in a decent level of pain and has gone through difficult times, the details of which I won't share with you this morning, but she's a woman who has known suffering, and yet it's her personal mission to bring hope to the people that she encounters. Not only does she have hope for herself, but she wants to share it with people. She wants to share her cheer. She wants to brighten her corner. My grandma is a woman of deep character and deep faith, and I hope that if I make it to 93, that I have the courage to be as hope-filled as she is. When we claim a life of faith, we don't get a pass from suffering. Life is full of suffering. We all know that. 
Our Christian faith is based on a Savior who suffered on the cross, who endured unto death. So a life of faith proclaims up front, hey, we know there's going to be difficult times. We know there's going to be pain. We know there's going to be loss. We know there's going to be suffering. But we don't have to do that alone. We don't go through those difficult times alone. Pain is not forever. Heartache is not forever. Suffering is not forever because hope is stronger than suffering. Hope is stronger than death. Hope is stronger than any of those other things life might throw at us and hope does not disappoint us because our hearts have been filled with the Holy Spirit. There are so many people out in the world today who are cynical and apathetic. You who are graduating You're going to go out into a world where people are going to throw up their hands and say, I can't even handle thinking about this. Whatever. I'm out. I'm not going to engage. Cynicism and apathy, they're two of the greatest temptations of our time. We see it on social media. We see it in our news. We see it on reality TV. People say, eh, it doesn't matter. What I do doesn't make a difference. What I think doesn't make a difference. What I post on the internet doesn't make a difference. Who cares? Well, being people of character means we claim hope. And hope means what we do matters. What we do, what you do, and you do, and you do, and you do, who you choose to be, how you choose to live, the attitude you choose to bring into your life, into the The situations that you encounter, that matters deeply. That matters a whole lot. Each part of our story, how we choose to embrace it or learn from it or rise up in spite of it, those things matter. They matter so much to this community, to our world, to God, to one another, to the lives of others around us. What we do each day on our best days, on our worst days, is so significant in the kingdom of God. That doesn't mean every day is going to be great. It doesn't mean we get it right every time. We may need to ask for forgiveness. We may need to start over. The next day we need to start fresh and say, okay, I'm not doing that again. But the way we choose to live our lives, the spirit with which we approach each task, the hope that fills us in the midst of a difficult situation is so significant. It matters so deeply, whether it's something small like enduring bug bites, something large maybe and major and life-changing, these pieces of our story and how we respond to them, they make us who we are, and who we are matters. No matter who we are, no matter what our ability is, no matter where we've come from or what we've done or what we haven't done, God offers redemption. God offers hope. God offers the possibility of turning that bad thing around into something that can be good. We see it in Jesus Christ, death on a cross, and yet through that death we find resurrection. God can redeem even death, and yet we go around as if God can't redeem whatever thing it is that we're carrying with us on a given day. There's a reason to hope. There's always a reason to hope. So if we have suffered, 
if we're carrying suffering with us this morning. Let us allow God to transform that suffering into hope. Where we find apathy, where we're tempted to just say whatever, may God fill us with a spirit of compassion. May we allow God to shape our hearts so that we're not people who are bitter. We're not people who are cynical. May we be people of hope. May we be people who are looking to brighten whatever corner we find ourselves in. May we be people of faith and people of character. Amen.